Hello, experiencers. This is Chris from State of Fear Podcast, and you are listening to a fourth-hand production. And gentlemen, and welcome to this very special installment of the Inhuman Experience Podcast. It is a Sunday night, and I am coming to you live from the mothership directly above the Uncanny Valley. My name is Bobby Blades, and I will be your pilot for the evening. We're going to get into some stories, actually, in this special edition. And uh, it's from our favorite website, thesingular14.com. That's right. And I'm going to kick it off with a little bit of Billy Ray Cyrus as he shares some a story about his lifetime fascination with UFOs on The Kelly Clarkson Show. All right, so Billy Ray Cyrus, during his November 6th appearance on The Kelly Clarkson Show, he admitted to a lifelong fascination with UFOs during an appearance earlier this month. He says... Well, I don't talk about it all that often, to be honest. It goes back to when I was a little boy, growing up in Kentucky. There was this place back in the mountains. There were these big old beech trees back there, and beech trees are good to carve on with a knife. And way back in the 1930s, a guy that lived in the mountains had this experience in which he carved pictures on a tree. I found them when I was a little boy, and it was an old Model T Ford and a saucer in this alien-looking thing. I started researching and going, wait, man, there's like an alien invasion in Kentucky in the late 1930s. Who knew about that? So I kind of got fascinated with it as a little boy. And then a couple of times throughout life, I've seen some crazy stuff. Some of it, I'm sure most of it is probably explainable. The alien invasion referred to by Cyrus might be the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, which actually took place in 1955 at an isolated homestead in rural Kentucky and involved a family who claimed to have been they claimed to have been beset one evening by little gray men following the sighting of a large metallic object which streaked across the sky and appeared to land in a nearby field the little men had big heads long arms huge eyes oversized hands and seemed to be wearing clothing made out of a metallic substance the startled Kentuckians armed themselves and fired on the creatures to no effect and eventually fled to alert the police the Kentuckians armed themselves, fired on the creatures, and eventually they fled to alert the police. Yeah. The police officers investigated the scene, and although they didn't find any little gray men, they found bullet holes in the areas of the home. The men said that they had shot at the creatures, noting that the witnesses seemed genuinely terrified and excited, and that there were no indication alcohol was involved. Yeah, I'd like to get into that story a little bit deeper. I'm probably going to have to look that up in some point in time because that's a badass story. Anyhow, Kelly Clarkson shared a photograph during the interview taken by Cyrus in 2017, which shows a blurry white streak of light across the sky. Billy Ray Cyrus's appearance on The Kelly Clarkson Show came less than three weeks after his daughter, Miley, shared her own UFO sighting experience with Rick Owens for Interview Magazine. And I guess this is uh, Miley Ray, Miley Ray Cyrus. <laughs> I guess this is Miley Cyrus's uh, recounting of an experience. 
She said, I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend and I got chased down by some sort of UFO. I'm pretty sure about what I saw, but I also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of a taco shop, so it could have been the wax. But the best way to describe it is a flying snowplow. It had this big plow in front of it and it was glowing yellow. I did see it flying and my friend saw it too. There were a couple of other cars on the road and they also stopped to look. So I think what I saw was real. She said that the experience left her shaken for five days. I couldn't really look at the sky the same, she said. I thought they might come back. Despite that, she said she didn't feel threatened by the experience. Hey folks, I'm Chris. Hey, and I'm James. Did you know that the state of Delaware has had only one serial killer since its creation? Did you know that the state of Arizona has one of the best cases of alien abduction on record? Did you also know that famed untouchable Elliot Ness was thwarted by the Cleveland Torso murderer? What in the world? That sounds absolutely terrifying. Are you ready for a road trip? If so, please join James and I each episode as we discuss all this and more on State of Fear Podcast. Ride shotgun on our dark and wonderful ride down America's byways and highways as we unravel the strange and macabre in your state. State of Fear, where the things that go bump in the night are in your backyard. Hey, you guys. <laughs> a very Brady podcast. Join host Tack Van Sickle and his guest each week as they hilariously dissect the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, one episode at a time. He was so creepy, though. I think I was like, I he's like, I guarantee you, if they could have really done the show the way they want to do it, like he was going to have a cup to the door listening in that night. <laughs> a look back at a simpler time where everything was groovy. So her kids almost wrecked their marriage. Her employee shames her and she like thanks both of them. It's awesome. So grab your potato sack and head out to the backyard for some fun. She's in her own room. Like, did, what did we like, tell what? her about sleeping? <laughs> like they went and got the entire family for dad to pick her up and put her in her bed two feet away from the desk. And obviously before they did that, they also said, family, go get your bathrobes. Everyone needs to be in a bathroom. A Very Brady Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are available. They have some compromising pictures of Alice that they could have used uh, to blackmail her and keep her there. Um, I've seen those pictures, and Alice is hotter than you think. I'm going to just put that out there and say it. Uh, that blue dress doesn't do justice? Uh, no, it does. For, for me, that blue dress does everything. Far out! Poor You're man, a bad man, Tack. You're a bad human. There's a lot of weird in this show. What we got next is this weird looking photograph. It's called Reports from the Void. I was inches away from its face by Tobias and Emily Wayland. The Singular Fortean Society received an email on October 14th, 2020 from a woman who had said she encountered a strange creature while walking her dog on a trail near the Wisconsin River in Wausau, Wisconsin. According to the woman's email, on September 30th of this year, just after 8 p.m., I saw something. I was walking my dog on a trail by the Wisconsin River in Wausau, and it was on the other side of a chain-link fence. I was inches away from its face. It was dark out, and it happened so fast. It felt like trying to remember what you saw when you're falling, something like that. Your eyes are open, but nothing is clear. It had a face. Its features were on the front of its head. It made a noise and there was a whooshing sound like it propelled itself backwards off the fence. Before I saw it, I heard quiet noises like something was eating. 
I felt bad, really bad. Like something just happened that I wasn't supposed to see and I was going to be punished somehow. When I try to recall that face, I honestly think of that yellow Japanimation creature from a while ago, Pikachu. <laughs> Pikachu is real. Except the face wasn't yellow. It definitely wasn't human. It was just something bad. Lead investigator Tobias Whalen replied to the woman's email to inquire further about the experience. The woman initially agreed to be interviewed, but stopped responding to Whalen's emails before plans for the interview could be solidified. Without a more detailed description of the creature, it is difficult to draw comparisons with other reported sightings. However, in April of last year, the Singular Fortean Society received a report from ghost hunter Craig Nering of a miniature mothman near Wittenberg, Wisconsin. Nering's report prompted others to come forward with similar stories. One which reportedly took place in Wausau, only 30 minutes west of Wittenberg. The reports from 2019 may be unrelated to this more recent account, but it's worth noting their geographic proximity. Also noteworthy is a similar perceptual difficulty reported by a woman who said she and her husband had seen a bizarre chimeric creature in the spring of 2013 near Beloit, Wisconsin. Beloit is approximately 180 miles south of Wausau. That woman described how the longer you watch the creature, the harder it became to see it, like its edges were blurring. The longer I looked at it, it almost seemed to become pixelated. She also reported a feeling of wonder and confusion that switched to very suddenly overwhelming fear as she felt the creature could come through my window and bite my head off. Apparently they're finding, or not finding, but they're seeing a lot of flying humanoids. And this one is in the Chicago area, I believe. Yes, a Flying Humanoids Over Chicago by Tobias Whalen. I don't know what to expect when I call Lon Strickler. The only thing I know about him is that some of the recent Flying Humanoid sightings in Chicago are being reported to his website, Phantoms and Monsters. I don't really know what people are seeing, says Lon right off the bat. That's understandable since the reported sightings defy all reasonable belief. There have been 10 sightings so far in 2017 of a bat-like creature haunting the lakefront area of Chicago, all within just a few miles of Lake Michigan. The sightings tend to take place in or near parks at night, and whatever this thing is, it never sticks around for long, leaving startled witnesses and upset paradigms in its wake. Lon doesn't think the witnesses with whom he's spoken to are making it up. These reports have been very specific, he says. Even when I prodded them to embellish, they wouldn't. They haven't embellished. I don't think people are imagining it, and they come from all different ranges of lifestyles. Separate reports have been sent out to the Mutual UFO Network MUFON, UFO Clearinghouse, and of course, Phantoms and Monsters. Lon tells me he's been working with UFO Clearinghouse to investigate the sightings, but so far MUFON hasn't been much help. We've been trying to reach them through MUFON, says Lon. Seems MUFON hasn't been able to interview them as well. That doesn't really bode well for the three sightings reported to MUFON, but I know from experience how difficult it can be to contact witnesses once they've submitted a report to the network. Often, that's all the involvement they want in an investigation. Lon and the investigators with UFO Clearinghouse have had better luck, and though the witnesses with whom they spoke seem legit, the stories they've told are remarkably consistent and the proximity and pattern of the sightings are clear and measurable. Lon says that his analysis of the data that we have makes him suspect that this thing, 
whatever it is, is moving north along the lakefront into the city and back south again. That doesn't explain how it seems to appear and disappear at will, or how more people haven't seen something described as a seven to eight foot bat-like flying humanoid winging its way around the USA's third largest city. At this point now, with the reports I've received, I don't think it's natural, muses Lon. It's coming from somewhere else. I think it's more supernatural than anything, he says. Furthermore, he believes it's possible that people who witness it are predisposed to seeing it. Certain people can see it and others cannot. Lon thinks that the creature he's calling the Chicago Phantom could be multiple beings or shape-shifting in some way because witnesses alternate between comparing its appearance to that of an owl or of a bat. It just could be that people see things differently as well. It might be interdimensional, he says, and informs of several strange light effects he feels could be related. There have been a few unexplained flashes of light reported in the city, and at least one sighting of the creature involves a strange green light over Lake Michigan. Naturally, there have been a few UFO sightings over Lake Michigan already this year, although that's not unusual for the area, and Chicago has had its share of UFO sightings over the years, such as the famous saucer seen over the O'Hare Airport in 2006. More and more researchers are starting to speculate on an interdimensional origin to UFOs, and it's not much of a leap to attribute them to the creatures that we are associating with right now. Uh, one thing's for sure, it's the largest concentration of flying humanoid sightings since the, since the Mothman phenomenon hit Point Pleasant, West Virginia in the 1960s. If you're familiar with the Mothman case, then you already are aware that many believe it was a harbinger of the Silver Bridge Collapse of 1967. He asked, then asked Lon if he thinks it's a, if there's a connection, do you think he's a harbinger? And he says he, he's talked to two well-known psychics and they believe that there very well may be a disaster in Chicago, he says. He's intuitive and he pictured a major bridge collapse in 2017 he admits he doesn't know if his prediction is necessarily tied to Chicago, but given the recent sightings, he's willing to speculate that it could be. People who are sensitive have contacted him and believe the sightings are ominous. People he trusts, people he believes have received a vision that something ominous will happen in the future, the month of August. It's frustrating, he tells me, because predicting a disaster like this, being stuck between a rock and a hard place, if you're right, then people suspect you were involved. And if you're not, you can expect to be mocked. I don't usually say anything, he says. It really does work on you. But he's saying something now because he's certain the sightings are real. And if there's a chance this is leading to a disaster in Chicago, he can't remain silent. Okay, and that's about all I've got for you this evening. I apologize in advance. I'm not a very good storyteller. I'm just basically reading, you know, whatever's in front of me. But I hope everybody's having a great night and continue to have a great day tomorrow. And if you're listening to this, then we will catch y'all next week. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.